all around, all around great. I will say this though, we have entered, as I tweeted, agricultural territory. Four titles and five. <laughs> it was exciting. It's Don't dangerous get me wrong. now. It's dangerous. But four titles and five. Nah, We're man. We're probably getting stomped. You, um, might love, you might love the, the, the Premier League, but weird. this is looking like a Farmers League to me. And they are dropping Haaland in there for next season. I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still... I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Upfront podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. So, game week 38 finally upon us over the weekend. It's the end of the season. We've been here throughout. This is Two Upfront. Welcome to our YouTube channel. My name is Jay, and I'm not by myself. I'm with Chuck. Chuck, end of season fatigue and all that stuff. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I'm one of the people who are happy that the season's over. Um, but it was, <laughs> it was those, exciting. Are those, it was those exciting. Man United colors coming through? I thought we fi- we're happy. Hey, it was, it was, AKA, it was, it was, was like, well, he's happy that um, Liverpool didn't win the league and that Manchester City didn't win like the European Cup. And I'm like, man, United, United are this rooting for become. people on so yes, many ends. Yes. But stepping away from that side of Manchester over to the blue side of Manchester. So they came through. Over the weekend, um, dramatics just on that final day. Wolves took the lead at Anfield. Mm. Aston Villa took the lead at, um, at the Etihad, even having Coutinho coached by Gerard. That whole drama. But then you have Gundogan coming off the bench and pulling his best um, 93-20 Aguero stuff there. And just your assessment of everything, of what happened over the weekend and of, of, of Manchester City pulling through for a fourth title in five years. Four titles in five years, that spells dominance. Um, sure, Liverpool have pushed them in uh, at least two of those uh, seasons. But it's not looking good for the rest of us. It really is a two-horse race. And this system that it might just continue unless United get the act together with Ten Hag. But we were saying this song at the end of that last season. Um, Arsenal, maybe if they finish fourth, it'd be a, a greater sense of hope. But they can still also push. But in terms of t- a title run, it looks like it's going to be those two again. Um, but kudos to them, man. And I think... The best Man City wins are when they're pushed all the way to the brink. The Aguero goals, as you say, the Gundogan comebacks are, are the sweetest to savor. But when they've run at a canter and just blown everyone out the water by December, nah, it's a foregone conclusion. It's still an excellent performance, but the, the, the close run ones are more sweeter. One other thing to add to that is that you cannot count on Stevie G to give Liverpool a title. When the title's on the line. The he, he'll slip the up line, somehow. Especially against the team that's wearing blue. He just doesn't do it. He just doesn't do it. But, I mean, they gave him a, a, a real good push. And, I mean, this comeback, this energy from City, where was it in the Champions League when they needed it? And, I mean, they, they, were, they were close to having, like, egg on their face because Pep comes out with a statement that um, it's harder to win the EPL than it is the Champions League, but this is our success. We're going to go into that. With a game to go. Like, how, how does he say that? But, I mean, they pulled through in the end. But, I mean, looking at the season, I mean, EPL never disappoints. Um, even if they are set winners, there's still enough drama to last you the entire campaign. So, it was good stuff. So going into that final um, day of games, literally for the first time in EPL history, each one of the positions mm-hmm. could have changed. And that's the kind of season we've had. I mean, when, 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 Manchester, when we were talking early on in the season, at the beginning of the year, and City have like a 13-point um, gap, even though Liverpool had games in hand, 
whenever we're talking about this, like it, it's it's done because yeah. we've seen City do this. We saw City do this last season when they went on their ridiculous number of unbeaten and like that winning streak, where in February it was it was gone, mm. you know. And you were thinking they're making that push at that point in the season, and it's going to be hard for anyone, even Liverpool, to come back at them. But Liverpool did just that. They closed out the season with like 48 points, out of, like in their last 19 games, which is over a 38 game season, like 96 points, you know. Mm. And it's very hard to ask anyone to do much more than put 90 on the board. Like, it has never happened, Chuck. It has never happened in Premier League history that a team has gotten to 90 points and not won the league, except for twice. Mm. And both those occasions, it's Liverpool finishing a point behind Manchester City. Mm. But I'll come back to, to Liverpool. Like on, on the case of Manchester City, just, just what happened in the game against Aston Villa is everything that you need to know in terms of they deserve that league. Yeah. Um, I, don't, you know, I don't throw the word deserve around because you work for everything that you get in the sport. And when you see Manchester City down a goal, I'm like, yeah, man, they're still going to come back. When they go down 2 mm. you know, then I'm just like, man, it's on. But then I look at the, at the score in the other games, like Liverpool are down 1-0. What the heck are the Reds doing at Anfield? But when, you, when, when, when they then go into that second half and, and Pep brings on Gundogan, mm. you know? And when Kevin De Bruyne went down with injury last season, Gundogan was like a fantasy league darling because suddenly we discovered that he's got, he's got that um, Frank Lampard going to the box, scoring goals in him. Mm. And that's exactly what he does in the game against Aston Villa. He's winning a header, scoring, and he's in the box again for the winner. And the character of the team, we know Manchester City, they were very well coached. We know yeah. Pep and his plans and his ideologies and his tactics and the genius behind Manchester City and the ball position and the pressing. We know all of that. Mm. But there is also the side of them where they are champions. They know how to win. And when they, their backs were against the wall and push came to shove, they did and they responded as champions did, especially when you consider what has happened in the Champions League and how everyone has been speaking about that. Mm. You started to worry. Um, are you going to let this slip? Because it would have been a choke job considering yeah. the fact that Aston Villa have not beaten, forget even beaten, they've lost every single game against the top five. So if that was going to be their first result against a top five team, against a Pep Guardiola team who've done so well the entire season to lose it, like at the last hurdle, I would have been here as well, like talking about, okay, they <laughs> choke. But I loved what I saw from them. Um, and and that, that is the mark of champions right there. That's the mark of champions. And I think this is something we, that we haven't quite seen from Pep's sides because they never really have to dig deep because they control so much of the game. They're always in control, have so many goals in them that by the time you go into, into the halftime break, you already know who's winning the game. And they just add that little sprinkle of magic at, towards the end of the game. I mean, you've seen teams like United back in the day. They'd come back from 3-0 down and Chelsea's and stuff. It was, it was, it's almost like a brand of football that was not seen by this, this new age of Man City because they, they've hardly had to dig deep. And in the, in the past couple of, in fact, in this past month, they've, they've been tested quite a lot. I mean, Champions League experts find they didn't quite make it through then, but how they bounce back, scoring five against Leeds, five against uh, Newcastle, all comers who, who are available were getting smashed. And when it counted the most, um, because this is a prize position for Pep, I mean, other than the fact that this is the only thing that's available to them, when it counted the most, they were able to re-up again, get a, I mean, they've got depth, as you said, get depth. I mean, Gunawan hasn't had his best season. It wasn't quite like it was last season, but, but can call upon th there's enough age. quality to call upon yeah. Gunawan. I mean, it could have been anyone. It could have been Gunawan. Uh, uh, Sterling also came on. Sterling and as well. So, I mean, for me, Chuck, when I, when, I, when I look at City, right, so what had, and the other reason why I would have considered a church job is because 
but had not happened this entire season. Mm-hmm. City have not gone back-to-back games without winning a game. They've not had two draws in a row, a loss on a draw, a draw on a loss. That hasn't happened. And they, come, they came into that game having drawn against West Ham, right? Yeah. But again, kudos to them. In that game against West Ham, yes, there's the um, last-minute penalty miss by Mares, but they go 2-0 down at West Ham, the game where they are bidding farewell to their captain, Mark Noble. There's, the crowd is behind West Ham. They've got the lead. They've got the momentum. And you think they've got City on the ropes. And then City come back. Mm-hmm. It's 2-2 and they've got an opportunity to win. Okay, Maris fluffs that. Mm. And then there's pressure coming into the game. But Pep speaks about the fact that they want to do it in front of their crowd. They're in front of their crowd. And the quickest way to take the crowd out of it is to take the lead. Mm. And to come there and to be spoilers. To play mm. the part of spoilers. Which is exactly what um, Jared and his boys did for a, 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 a part of the game. But then again, down 2-0, they come back. But this time, they don't just end at the draw and they're not looking for a penalty. This time, they go and they, they go for the jugular. I mean, even the goal by, 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 by Rodri. Rodri has not scored many goals this season. Mm. I saw him score a similar goal against, against Arsenal where he just places it um, to against Arsenal was to the left of the keeper in the game against Aston Villa to the right of the keeper. In the moment where you're looking for these players to put up their hands, a guy who's not... Uh, who's not known for the, the, the goal-scoring side of his game, he's giving you a goal, you know. Mm. Kevin De Bruyne, who's hit this, like, rich vein of form, he's giving you the assist as well, where he had the accusations that he doesn't show up for big games because of what happened in the Champions League. Mm. And he's putting that to bed. So, man, all around, all around great. I will say this, though. We have entered, as I tweeted, agricultural territory. Four titles and five. It was exciting. It's Don't dangerous get me wrong. now. It's dangerous. But four titles and five. Nah, We're man. We're probably getting stomped. You, um, might, love, you might love the, the, the Premier League, but we, this is looking like a Farmers League to me. And they are dropping Haaland in there for next season. I mean, if you look at the fact that they had a 13-point lead and that somehow whistled down to one um, when coming to the last game. When you look at the points that Liverpool made up on City, I wonder how did Liverpool get all those points and how did Liverpool, I mean, how did City drop all those points because they didn't look all that bad, I mean, running into the campaign. Yes, they had a good start and they weren't terrible, I mean, from, from Jan onwards. Yeah, it's like, how did that happen? And it's, it's, a, it's a big story. Especially if you watch the game as well, it's like, I see the result, but how do we get here? They're more unlucky than not really showing up I mean, most of those games. But I think one thing that doesn't get um, attributed to Pep's team is that they're a good team as well. They're solid um, individuals who have come together cohesively to actually form a beautiful uh, a team because these things are thrown around for Liverpool, the people's team. We're always seeing the Klopp's boys, they, they, they buy into Klopp's philosophy, they, they fight for the badge, they fight for Klopp. But we never quite say that about, about uh, Pep's boys. And when, when times are tough, these boys show that they, that, that they can actually dig deep and come up with the results. I mean, someone like Sterling, who wasn't really uh, happy um, when you look at, uh, at the middle of the season, looking, there were rumours that he might even go because he wasn't getting enough game time and stuff like that. He's come through in certain games. He's come through and showed that he's actually a player of, of value. Grealish, arguably not one of the best signings uh, this particular season, but he's chipped in here and there with his performances. Um, he could have won the Champions League as well. Sorry, won him the game in the Champions League as well. But just to show, City have got a lot of firepower, a lot of a lot of uh, camaraderie in the team that we don't really speak about or we don't speak about enough. Um, I think we are still gonna fight tooth and nail to prevent it being a Farmers League. But as you're saying, with Haaland in the mix. It's going to be a tough job because even with 13 points and, and, and if they fluff that 13 points, who's there to, to make up the points? Liverpool. Only Liverpool. It's, it's Liverpool. not a Chelsea. It's not a United. It's not an Arsenal. Not a Spurs either. So um, we have to do a lot of work in the transfer market to try even keep up. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. So in terms, of, in terms of what you mentioned about Grealish, like he had a, a, a wonderfully revealing 
post-game interview um, with Sky, like after the game yesterday, and he admitted that he's had some troubles. And even when they are they were losing, he was hoping that the manager would bring him on. Mm. But when the manager did not, he recognizes that okay, he's not the guy to go on to win the game at the moment. And what we've seen with with, with Pep's teams, you need a season to settle and mm. to learn. Um, exactly what it is that Pep requires from you. We've heard Thierry Henry, we've heard um, Yaya Torres speaking about like Pep has some exact plans. Thierry Henry scored a goal one time and he was brought off. He tells a story because <laughs> yep. that's not how Pep wanted him to score the goal, you know. Mm. Now you might look at this like, yeah, it's just too much control, but he knows what he wants mm. and it works. It works. This is what, he's his he's 10th league title, 9th or 10th league title and he's only failed to win it like three times in his coaching career mm. which is like 13 years or, or something of that sort so it's ridiculous you trust someone with that kind of pedigree but so I'm so I'm expecting um, Grealish to, to be better next mm. season but in terms of going back to the the comments that Pep makes that it is harder mm. to win um, the Premier League or this is the hardest competition to win where do you fall on that because I've seen I've seen that um, debate is it Champions League or is it um, the Premier League and maybe Pep says that because they failed to win the, the, the Champions League so in your opinion is it harder to win the Premier League or the Champions League I think it must be the Champions League um, as much as there is that whole idea of tournaments are a lucky draw and on your day you could be good there are also a lot of good teams out there that are on different levels of form I mean, when you look at the fact that Barcelona's all-conquering team didn't sweep the boards um, when it comes to the Champions League as they did with La Liga, when you look at Bayern Munich as well, it's a Farmers League over there. When you look at PSG, it's a Farmers League over there. It's easy for them. And I know this is applied uh, to all leagues in Europe. Man City, as much as they've dominated um, for four out of the five seasons uh, winning the league, they have not done that in in the Champions League. As good as uh, Klopp's team are, they've only won one Champions League. So... For me, the numbers suggest that it must be hard to win the Champions League because as much as you might have the luck of the draw in a particular game on a particular night, you need to bring it every single night because teams can be had. I mean, when, 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 when uh, Barca come to the Anfield with the lead that they have, cup ideas suggest that they're through. But Origi has other ideas. I mean, you have to be switched on the whole time. Whereas if Pep drops the ball against Wolves, there's a knowledge to be had next season. I mean, next week, I mean, you know, and to make up those points. So... Um, the stakes are higher in the Champions League uh, and, and, and you're tested after the group stages you're properly tested and you can't there, there is no Norwich there is no uh, Valencia or whatever to pick on it's now big boys and that's where you have to prove your, prove your mental so for me I say Champions League I hear what you're saying and you raise a very good point in terms of the stakes are higher the margin for error pretty much doesn't exist um, you do get two games in knockout stages but mm-hmm. as, you, as you say um, Barcelona go to Anfield they've got a 3-0 lead there's four. That's it. They, you don't go back to the new camp and try to put another two past them or anything of that sort. But, you know, my stance has always been that it's the league. And my, my, my reasoning for that is that the league is a marathon. Mm. It's a, it, it tests you from every which way. You bring up Norwich. Um, yeah. But sometimes that is a banana, a banana peel waiting to happen. You know, mm. when, you, when you're playing Real Madrid or playing Bayern Munich, you know, you don't need to motivate that team. There's no team talk that needs to happen. You know exactly what you're going to be facing. You know exactly what's going to happen. But then when you are at Liverpool, for example, going to Brentford and you are in a 3-3, mm. how are you not winning that game? Or you're at Anfield and you tunnel up and then Brighton comes back at you, mm. you know? That, but then that, that is the question that can you get up again? Like, can you get up 38 times to mm. do it, you mm. know? Because you can't get up for a quarterfinal, semifinal. And if you catch... Lightning in a bottle, like we saw um, what happened with, with Chelsea last season. 
you can go all the way mm. you know and and it's not clear cut for me and this is this is so this is what i was thinking right mm-hmm. if you win the league as manchester manchester city have done i know exactly what that means that means you are the champions of england and undisputedly for me that means you're the best team in the land mm. if you win the champions league the title says that you are the champions of europe I don't know if that's the, I don't know necessarily what winning the Champions League means though like does that mean you're the best team in Europe because when Liverpool have Istanbul mm, right mm. they are the champions of Europe but then when you look what happened in in in, in the EPL this season they're 30 points behind Chelsea mm, mm. or when you find like last season Chelsea win the Champions League but they were nowhere near touching um mm. Manchester City in the league sure now you can make the argument that Tuchel wasn't there from the beginning of the season um what not or the back to back to back treble winning champions league team real madrid they only won one la liga title in that in that in that season so if you're not the best in your league are you the are you what is that it, like, what does it yeah. really mean so for me that's the thing i struggle uh, with like what does it say what 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 do i know about champions league teams because without knowing the numbers exactly um but when i think ac milan when they've won the champions league they've not actually won back home bayern munich recently and 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 um and barcelona they they're the teams who've won the champions league and won a league title in the same season real madrid liverpool chelsea those teams haven't mm. you know and it's a is it just cup competition being cup competition just throwing up um a, a a team in that particular season but that's the other thing the teams are are, are really random like you know you're not up, playing everyone you bring up liverpool 2005 but like it's the names are names you expect like liverpool and real madrid being in the final you're not really shocked yeah. this season. So the Champions League is hard. It's a different couple cup competition. That's well, why it's what hard I, what to I, what I retort one. and say is that as you say the league is a marathon, maybe the Champions League is a different race and you build your athletes are built for different races. And so if you're good um in in the one one 1000 meters, you're not necessarily good around the 400 meter track, right? But I, I want to say this about the Champions League that if you're pacing yourself running 400 meters, there's only one 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 window in which you have to capitalize in or rather maintain your lead whereas with the, with the marathon you can run uh sub 4 minute 4 minutes and make that up later on which is what i think the league is that you get i mean if you look at the teams that have won you're in the marathon chuck that's it bro no but listen listen to me if you look at if you look at like ollie's record against the top 6 he was he was i think the second best um manager i think in the past two seasons in terms of what the weight against the top 6 but against the minnows he didn't get points so, so, so what i'm saying is that pep was getting beat by 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 ole but he could rack up points when he was playing brighton was so playing huddersfield track, i i just want i want to throw this back to you yeah. if there was a mini competition mm. cup competition just amongst the top 6 that means ole would have been second and and been in there genuinely tied like yeah, challenging for that cup in that mini tournament made up of the best teams in 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 england Which would have said what to us? That it says to us. It proves that Ali is a short-term manager. He came on the 12 game and beaten run. You would say about the Champions League. No, no, it's a different race. Is what I'm saying. It's a different race. And if, maybe Ali, no, Ali's not built for that. Let me not even say that. Let <laughs> me not even say that. But there are teams who are better off playing that short game, and there are teams who are better off in the long haul. And so to get the double is so special. Get the treble is even more special. That's why if Liverpool were going to get the quadruple, it means that they're built for both games. Anytime you want to put me in the deep waters, I'm game for that. That would be very special. So I think um, it takes a lot, lot, lot of toll on you if you're busy dominating games in the league and you're controlling position and you're running a mark. Maybe you don't have enough stamina for the Champions League, which is what maybe Pep is facing, and maybe other teams um, prioritize according to what, they, what 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 game they have. Let's play this particular game and not leave, not not go into the long game, which is the marathon of the league, and lose a few a few points there. So I think different kettle, different fish, different race, different standards. But I think 
I still lean towards the Champions League. So as I'm saying, the same criteria. The last, I want to say the last four champions um, being Chelsea, Liverpool, Real Madrid, mm. and, and 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 between Bayern, perhaps. Yeah. The only teams, and again this season, if Liverpool win it, rather yes, if Liverpool win it this season, will be another occasion. I think four of the last five would not have been champions in their own countries. Mm. You know. Um, and with Real Madrid, that treble winning team, I remember from the second season, the second of the, of, of the treble and then the third, I thought to myself, this team is actually built for the Champions League now. Because when they were playing in, playing in the league, I kind of feel like they played down to their opponents. But that's the other thing, that mm. you need to be able to get up for the minnows, you know. But then when they showed up in the Champions League and those lights went on and that anthem played, that was a different animal that came out on those nights, you know. Mm. And that's the other thing. Um, were they just in their minds? This is this is the prestige for us. This is what we want to do, you know. But I but I do think there's something to be said about being able to rack up um, league titles. The reason um, Sir Alex is remembered the way that he is, even though he only has two Champions League titles, mm. is 13 league titles. Especially when you are changing teams and adapting as well and reacting to uh, teams being promoted, teams being bought, and then having um, financial aid like pumped into them and there's so many things that happen in a, in a league, especially over the course of a season. And reacting to each one as it happens, it's hard. Um, you can be hot in August and mm. September and October. Mm. And then you fall off over Christmas. Can, we, can you not counter that in, in January you can fix it? Whereas with the Champions League, some players are league locked. and Sorry, cup locked and they can't... If you're playing for Porto in the Champions League, you can't... two games at a time. I know, me, but what I'm saying, if you, could, if you can boost your team in January, is that not the counter to make it easier on yourself? In the league, when you've hit the wall, well, you could. Um, mm. But then, if, it, if 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 there's a there's a massive gap that's developed, it's hard for you to to regain um, uh, with the leaders, you know. Whereas, as I'm saying, the Champions League, if you find a team on a bad night and you happen to be having a good night, that's it. Mm. That that's it. Like right there, it is close. Um, I will say it is close. You guys can tell us what you think. Um, do you think the Champions League is harder to win, or is it the Premier League? Um, I think slightly I'm going with the, with the Premier League yeah. and you with the Champions League. I'm with the Champions League. And the Champions League has got accolades um, and we'll discuss that in a minute. Um, not the Champions League Awards, Jay. Uh, slip of the tongue. Premier League Awards. Um, those yeah. have been announced. Uh, so far we know who the best player is and the best young player is. Right? So let's discuss that, Jay. Um, the winner of the best player of the season goes to Kevin De Bruyne. Defending yeah. champion. Um, he's got that again. And the best new player for this season has been Phil Foden. Um, Let's best start with the player. best. Sorry, best young player has been yeah. Phil Foden. So, let's start with the young player because um, for me that was like an obvious controversy when I saw that I tweeted it. Would I when you look at um, Nabo Teklin Rice, Nabo Trent? I'm sorry, Chuck. I just want to cut. I just want to cut through there. <laughs> I just want to cut through there because, like, you know what? We got this on video. We got this on audio as well. And like, I just want to say that the admin on the day that tweeted with the with the with the gif of um, good, let's take this to VR was Chuck. It was me because I don't agree. And the re- and the reason I want to make this clear is because I want to come back with you to you and say, when we had the discussion on of all the young players in the world, who are you building your team around? I said, <laughs> I told you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I told you. I said, Vinicius. What did you say? Please remind everybody. What did you say? Hmm. This was about 10 months ago. Now, nah, what did you say? <laughs> I <laughs> said to you, is, what did you to run say? it back, uh, but for those who have not listened to podcasts, listen to that episode, I said Phil Foden would be my ah, choice for young yes. player. And, so now you've got a problem with Phil Foden winning the young player of the year in the Premier League. You had him as the best young player in the world. Best player because of his versatility. But I need to say this on camera, on mic. 
ever since I said that. Oh, yes. you, are you walking yes. that ever, now? Ever since I said that, I was like, come on uh, now. Look at so, the so funny look, under the light. Look, mm. look, look, look. I'm, I'm happy to, to, to walk back. <laughs> I just want to edit that sure. and say that I have a different opinion right now. Um, okay. why, why, why I chose uh, Foden to begin with is that one, he was on fire at the time. And what I liked about Foden is his versatility, how he can play deep, how he can play further up, up the field and his touch and the fact that he's playing at a high level at, 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 uh, at City. When you look at what others have done thus far, um, Declan Rice has stepped up for West Ham. I mean, it, he is one of the sole reasons. I mean, him and Bowen, um, the keeper as well, are the one of the reasons why they were in, 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 in there with the shot for the Champions League, in there with the shot for the Europa at worst. I mean, they finally got to the Conference League, but I mean, they had a decent campaign. Um, when you look at Trent... Look, I said this to you that um, uh, I think last week that Liverpool have got depth in that Trent doesn't have to control the game by himself now or be the only creative source. There's Thiago as well. And I know that I can confidently say that if it's not Thiago, it's definitely Trent who's running the game. So when you look at the game that Trent is running and the fact that he's good with the set piece, he's good with his overlapping runs, just about everything that you want him to do as a modern-day fullback. When I look at the past campaign, I cannot give that to Foden. It has to go to Trent. Um, You'd give it to Trent? I'd give it to Trent. Okay. So I, I disagreed with um, the Foden selection as well, and I mean we can go we can go into um, the stats. Um, Saka has scored more goals and I think more assists, but then Mason Mount has got uh, equal amount of goals as Saka and more assists than than Foden. Then there's the argument that Foden, um, with, though he does have the nine goals and five assists in the Premier League, he's done it in a uh, with less game time, mm. so he's he's averages per minute. A higher had he played as many minutes as those other guys, he would have been. That, that for me is the right problem. There. When you look at how, how much Liverpool depend on Trent. How much do they rely on Foden? Exactly, yes. Yeah. So, which is also something we'll come back to with, with Kevin De Bruyne. But, yeah, Chuck, um, on this one, you know what? Across the board, with the young players and with um, the actual uh, player of the season, it's not been one of those seasons where, like, a guy has shone yeah. from tape from gun to tape like beginning of the season all the way through to the end of the season like has kept up that level of course not every single game but like mm. for the most part like they've been at the level where that guy looks a little bit of a cut above the rest mm. there hasn't been one such guy you know so it's hard for me to to choose but i think i, I think i'd also go with, with, with Trent. as an aside if you have bukayo Bukai saka and Trent. In the amongst amongst the nominees for the overall player of the season, how is it that them also then being in amongst the nominees of young player of, of, of the year, not one of them wins it? How does how does that work? If you if you're at the Grammys, Chuck, and you have mm. Kanye West, um, who's nominated an album of the year, yeah. like best five albums that um, the Grammy committee chose as like the best of that particular year. If he's the only hip hop album, he obviously needs to win the hip hop category you know so i don't even understand like how they came to that to, to that decision based on their selections but i think that also goes with trent um i would consider soccer as well um mm. i've been a little harsh on soccer over like throughout the season but uh, like i've come around to saying the issue at arsenal and why soccer doesn't look as impressive as he probably is mm. is is because of the tactics it is because that he's always faced up with a guy or two guys whenever he receives the ball he's never running in space he doesn't have the opportunity to take it up with momentum and to just slalom plus guys he needs to mm. be inventing things from the ground up because it's just so hard to be on the front foot as an attacking player that he is and in that Arsenal system and when you consider the fact that he has been Arsenal's talisman um, 
as an Arsenal fan this season we've lost um, Aubameyang mm. uh, he's who was who, who, who had inherited that mantle from Alexis Sanchez and now it's Saka uh, mm. it's a very firmly um, Bakayo Saka and he he's carrying a lot more in his plate than a Trent at Liverpool yeah. than um, someone like Foden at Manchester City the, the guy who I'd put right there with him is at Declan Rice because Rice looks when, when I saw Rice playing at, at, at the Etihad and mm. also against Manchester against Manchester United I was just like man at half time whoever, whoever signs the checks whoever makes these decisions needs to go to the West Ham dressing room and just pay whatever for, mm. for that guy get you know, him now yeah. in a, in, on a field where he's playing against better players it is very clear this season for me it's become very clear that Declan mm. Rice needs to be playing in a Champions League side he needs to be playing in a side that's challenging for the top prizes in the game um, but it's strange because he's just continued being brilliant I know the defensive side of the game is not there still, mm, mm. but in terms of he he is a midfielder playing his right back. Um, best delivery for me we've seen since um, David Beckham from that side of, of, of the field. I, I I disagree there. I still give that to Kevin De Bruyne in terms of delivery. I, I think the caveat that's that side of the field. I I, oh, I thought about that very field. quickly. Okay. Like, <laughs> eh, Kevin Kevin is still in the league. You know. I remember hearing that um, Trent is, is like the best pass in the league from somewhere in the press, and I was watching I City and I was like. I think I, I disagree. Might give him the best passer. You know what? He yeah. only has but so much to aim for. Um, when he's it playing is, it, on it, that it is harder to do that from the from the middle of the pitch. That's why when you see people like Virgil van Dijk and they're raking diagonals, it's, it's beautiful. Mm. But if you are not really being pressured and you can scan the entire field in front of you, that's an easier thing to pull off than when you are picking up the ball and you in in, in a crowded space and you have to turn and mm. your decision making is split second stuff. That's that's that, that's tougher to do, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's why the midfielder gets that above, like the right back. But but no, Chuck. Like in terms of the things that he does, he does some modest stuff with the outside of his boot. Like whenever Trent hits a ball, lot it gets there, and it's 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 man, it's just it's just amazing. Look, Trent just has got a beautiful pass does, on him, but but De Bruyne's passes are, are league-winning passes. They 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 they. So are, okay, they didn't win the league. But yeah, they, but I mean, look for me when I, when I look at. Like when, when both are on fire and they're, and they're having the game of their lives, I, I, I can't even bet an eyelid when I'm looking at Kevin De Bruyne. I'm looking I stuck onto the screen, yeah. But this is why, the argument that you're making, this is probably why I give it to Trent because we are talking about Trent against a midfielder, yeah. De Bruyne. De Bruyne, that, that is his job, you know. Whereas Trent is a right back uh, by trade, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that he's in the category for us with Kevin De Bruyne and who's the better passer. Mm. That tells you everything you need to know about him in the category of like the young players, you know. And there's the fact as well that Trent Alexander-Arnold is in the conversation of he's the best in his position. Mm. None of those other guys, I don't think any of those other guys, um, even if you're a homer and you're pushing agenda for the team that you, su- you support, you mm. cannot say that about any of the other nominees, like that is the best player in his position in the world. Not just in the league, in the world. Yeah. And that is true of, of, that is true of um, Trent and that is true of him this season on form. Because we know you can be great, but if you're not particularly delivering that season, we expect you to do it some other time. Yeah. But he's at that level and he's been delivering at that level this season. So I, I would have given it to Trent as well. All right. Now, if you go to the Premier Award, um, which is the best player of the season, um, Kevin is also the defending player's player of the season. We don't know where that goes, um, uh, where that has gone uh, this season. The players love Kevin. The players love the players, Kevin. Players, they appreciate Kevin. Kevin. Um, but the, the league itself has have given uh, Kevin the award once again this season. 
Um, would you agree or do you have a counter to that? Again, um, no, not one choice that is overwhelming, mm. you know. And I think the thing with Kevin is it's, it's a recency bias for me. It is it because must be, yeah. what you've seen recently of the performances by the guys who were nominated, he's the one who's been, he, put it this way, he, right now he definitely does look like the best player in the league. Right which, now, is, yeah. which is a title he's held for us at least for the last four or five seasons, mm. you know. But not always been in that form or been absent because of injury. So yeah. if you're not playing, we can't say you, you are the guy, you mm. know. And I think that's what happened. It's the fact that he has like four goals, four goals against Wolves with his left foot. That's something that's <laughs> happened. You remember that? You that's know? crazy. When, you when, mean, you, and how sweetly he's striking those things with his weaker foot, yeah. But he wasn't there at the start of the season. Partly his Bernardo form Silva. and also the fact that he was, he was not there in the team. And my problem with this, Chuck, is the fact that I was like, okay, maybe you are going... And this is my issue with these individual awards. Like, what, what, what are we basing it on? Mm, you know, what mm. is their criteria? Because it is a shifting criteria. If it's a... Let's look at the team that won the league. Yeah. Okay, perhaps I go with that. But even in the season there. where they did not win the league, when they finished um, eight, 17 points behind... 17 or 18 points behind Liverpool, Kevin De Bruyne still won that title because he had 13 goals and 20 assists. Mm. And because he definitely looked like the best player in the league. So... I don't have a problem with that. If you're awarding the best player in the league just based on form and whatever else anyone did, yeah. that's fine. Mm -hmm. But then you come in, or oh, oh, the, the season that Salah had the 30, his debut season, he won it, and they mm -hmm. finished fourth, if I'm not mistaken. And I was like, okay, cool. This guy performed over and above everyone else, regardless of who won and who didn't. Mm -hmm. But then you come into a season like this one, you know, and it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's the brainer. And as I say, yes, there isn't anyone you're like, okay, no, that's, he's been robbed or anything yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think if, I, if I'm going off of the fact that um, Salah started off hot and then he, he, he tailed off mm. towards the end of the season, whereas someone like a De Bruyne and someone like Hassan didn't start all that hot but then picked, picked up, up later as it went yeah. along, I will award this based on peak. Like, at their peak, who, was, who had the higher peak? Yeah. And for me this season, um, it came from my end. It came from a large part of the football community. When Salah was doing the things he was doing, he was being spoken about as he should win the Ballon d'Or. He should be the best player in the world. Mm. So if all things being equal in terms of no one has been consistent from start to finish, mm. and I am going with who had the highest peak, I'll give it to the guy who was getting shouts for best player in the world. So I would have still given it to Mo Salah. I think I'd have to agree with you on that one. I mean, I've always derided Mo Salah because... For instance, even with this comparison with Mo Salah and Kevin De Bruyne, if you were to tell me that I can switch bodies and take someone else's place with someone else's abilities, it's an easy pick for me. I'd take Kevin's abilities over Salah's abilities, it's right? Yeah, and that's, and that's how I've always looked at it. Whenever people are saying Mo Salah is the best, I'm like, but that guy's still got the, the tools, he's still got the, the skills to perform, to perform on any given day. But when you look at the heights that he's reached, as you're saying, it was also for like a, a long spell of like two, at least three months, where everyone was saying that, nah, this guy is the best. This guy is the best player in the world. With Kevin De Bruyne, he was passenger at the beginning because he was injured, and Bernardo Silva took the mantle. And, and, and there were players like Raheem Sterling coming up, and Cancelo had a stellar start to the season. And I mean, it's not his fault that he's got a good team, that he doesn't have to always step up. Um, but with Mo Salah, he's relied upon more. Um, he was delivering the goods more earlier in the season. And for whatever reason, he tailed off, right? But when you look at how long he rode the crest of the wave as the best player in the world, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne just had that now. It seems like a Golo Kante award, a Torchino award. In those, in those glowing terms. Yeah. Like, you're not thinking, 
I mean, De Bruyne or, or, or Benzema right now? Yeah, no, no, no. We never had that. It yeah. was never in our in our minds. And I mean, when Benzema came up against De Bruyne, you know, you're like, do something, you know. Um, but I think. Recency bias must must play into people's minds. I mean, that's how we have uh, Jorginho and Angolo Kante with those awards that they had prior. And you're like, but guys, if you look at the entire season, we we didn't pick up anything. I mean, the last couple of games, we can agree that they did well, but in the entire campaign. So, I mean, what makes it hard, as you say, is that one started off well, one one finished off well, and you want to then look at that. I mean, and so I think if you look at the fact that him finishing off well um, contributed to the league, but when you look at Salah's numbers, helped him catch up. I mean, and cut that 30 point, 13 point deficit. Um, it, it becomes a bit tough. Um, so no one really was robbed, but I think I'd agree with you with um, Salah. So the two best players um, being best player and best young player are given to the last team as well, and he missed a bunch second. of games. Yeah. You know? And, and that's, that's the thing for me. And as you say, we can't hold it against Kevin that he plays for Manchester City. But essentially, that does come into play that they're able to win the league with, with you not contributing much. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the season where he did win it again mm-hmm. and they did, not win, they did not win the league, but as I'm saying, they were awarding it based on, well, it didn't have the effect of taking Manchester City, who were favourites coming into the season, even close to yeah. Liverpool. But they were like, we will overlook all of that. And the fact that this guy was very clearly the best player in the league, we give him the award. Whereas in a season like last season or, or, or this season, where I feel like them winning the league, even that propels him to the top of the charts. And I kind of think that's, that's not how you should measure that. It should come into play, obviously. Like, how are you affecting your team? Yeah. But it, it, like, that shouldn't just be a matter of you won the big prize, you know? Because it's sure. like now with, with Benzema, you feel as if Benzema is playing for the Ballon d'Or in off of one match. If Liverpool <laughs> win that, then suddenly yeah. we are having conversations about Sadio Mane mm, and Mo Salah. Mm, mm. On the basis of just 90 or 120 minutes, it was yeah. like... I think you want to take a different approach to, approach to that. Lewandowski, we were talking about the fact Lewandowski scored 50 goals against the season. And it seems like no one cares. But no one cares. No one it is talking about him. It's yeah. like, okay, finally he's going to win his, his Ballon d'Or. So, again, these individual awards, personally, I'd like them scrapped because like, they don't make any sense and, except and, for leading goal scorer. But I love them. Then, then, then there's like nothing. It's just the league title and we're like, well done, you lot. Yeah, and, you, and then you also award um, the top goal scorer because we can count that. That's easy. We know who, who, who's winning that, mm. you know. Um, but don't scrap them because they make for <laughs> they make for good content and good conversation. But philosophically, yeah. yes, I want them done. But in terms of everything else they give us, they can they, they can stay. All right, um, let's go into the team of the season, Jay. Um, it's a category where there's more than one spot, so I think there'll be less contention in terms of who deserves to go there. Um, but we'll see when we have the discussion. Um, so, Jay, having seen the entire campaign, um, we've spoken about the highs and lows of Omo Salah, Kevin De Bruyne, and, and, and all of them. What does your team of the season look like? Who do you have from uh, the goalposts all the way to the forwards? So I'll start with the goalkeeper and the defenders. All right. A special shout-out to Jose Sa of Wolves um, because he's faced a lot of shots. He's been a great shot stopper. He's just been good in between the posts for Wolves this season. But my selection is, is, is Alison Becker of Liverpool. Yeah. And particularly, I, I, I thought... Last season and a little bit to begin this season, he was a little bit calamitous, James. And and I suppose with the playing out from the back, these things happen. And this is we hear this in commentary like a lot. They ask each other these questions like, should he just expect more, 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 more goalkeeping um, gaps because of yeah. the fact that they are asked to play out from the back. So there's been some of that from Allison, but for me, he's entered that realm where Peter Schmeichel, Peter Schmeichel was 
um, as well as Manuel Neuer, mm. um, when you are through one-on-one, there is a presence where you are thinking twice, thrice, four times in terms of where do I go to try to get around this guy. Mm. And in those situations, he started to look like, to me, this season, the favorite. Um, and he's got this presence that he's developed, particularly this season, as I'm saying. And that, that Liverpool back four is great, but they mm. do expose him sometimes because yeah. you play a ball over the top and you are through uh, if they don't turn and run in time. So I've got Alison Becker in, 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 in post. And then my back four is Trent. We've already spoken about Trent. Okay. I've got Joe Matip. Um, I think Joe Matip has been my best centre-back of all of them this season, even better than Van Dijk. Also most underrated, probably. One of the absolute most underrated. Um, and then in terms of... Because for me, when uh, teams are playing against Liverpool, between the two centre-backs, him and Van Dijk, I feel like he's the one that he's attacked the most. Mm. Um, attacks tend to come from the left-hand side. And then he's also got that other side, which I absolutely love from defenders, his marauding. Because <laughs> I, think, I think the stats support that he's in the top five in terms of like ball carriers. Carries, in, yeah. In, in, in the Premier League this season. And I was like, Across oh, that's not, that's not just like my eyes. That's yeah. actually um, proven with people who are tracking these kind of things. And when he is in those positions, he knows what to do. He's not just... Uh, he's not. Not like Rudiger, who I love when he does that, <laughs> but you know for a fact Rudiger is going to shoot. Rudiger's like, looking for a shot. Yeah, he has to cement it. Yeah. And speaking of Rudiger, like it's for me, it was between him and Van Dijk for that um, left centre back spot. But I think Van Dijk, like Van, I feel like when guys are running against Van Dijk, it, he, the earth is covered by seventy percent. Seven percent of the earth is covered by water. The rest of it is covered by Van Dijk. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me, Chuck. So I've got Van Dijk in the sport. He's come back this season after that injury layoff mm. um, last season. And he's not quite absolute best levels, mm. but close enough. Um, yeah. And then at left back, that's, that's the toss-up for me. As Cancelo, who is like the Swiss army knife by, by Pep Guardiola, he's, he's, he goes into midfield as an extra midfielder. He's creating from there. Um, not the best defender. Mm. Uh, in terms of fullback play, Robertson at Liverpool is, from what you expect from a fullback, go down that touchline and put in crosses. And is also there for the pullbacks from the other side at mm. the back post, scoring goals, hitting the post in the FA Cup final. But like he's there. Yes. You know, also defensively, I don't think there are any great defensive fullbacks in the world right now. Um, I don't think that's what they're asked to do. Mm. And it's not his, 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 his absolute best forte, but in terms of what the others are offering, he's one of the better ones. Mm. So in terms of fullback play, Gary Neville um, alluded to this, like he gives the most, even as a, as a complete fullback, he's even better than Trent mm. in that regard because Trent defensively is just not there. Um, so I don't know if I want to go the full, <laughs> I think maybe just to break it up, I'll go with Cancelo, just especially what he was doing early on in the season. Was just, yeah. It's just out of this world. So that's the goalkeeper and the back four. Who do you have in those positions? Um, controversially, uh, but I think justified. I've got David De Gea um, in between the sticks because... you're wondering, Chuck is a Manchester United supporter. <laughs> he didn't pick it up. <laughs> through and through. Um, but I think there's merit to the selection because yeah. if you look at the number of shots that he was facing uh, compared to the other top six uh, teams... It was like a, a glut of shots coming his way because with the defense of Maguire, Varane, Lindelof, Tellez, Dallo, anyone you want to pick in a red shirt that was playing this season was not good. Um, and so as a, re- as a result, he was facing probably 50, 50% more shots than he should um, each game. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Crystal Palace, Brighton, he was, he was facing shots. Um, One of those seasons, 
but he looks like Manchester United's best player. Yes. Which always tells you everything you know that we're suffering. You need to know about the United have had. <laughs> that we're suffering. So, I mean, if you look at the fact that we finished in a Europa League place, if there was someone else in between those sticks, probably finish 10th, easy, because um, it's been that bad a season. I mean, even the finish against Crystal Palace tells you that it's been that bad a season. I mean, I was reminded by a friend, sadly, that the only two teams not to score on the final day, it's United and Norwich. <laughs> it tells you what the guy had to, had to face what up with. So... Um, look, it's I controversial think from the point of view when you consider that five have gone past them, um, yeah. four at Watford, four against Liverpool again. But I, I think when I, when I, when I bring it back to my team, I was considering mm. having a back four made up solely of Liverpool players, and that's who's in front of my selection as keeper. So I think what, what, you are, what you are mentioning, it's not controversial from that point. It's like yeah. he's facing a lot of shots. <laughs> it's just him and the ball. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, on, on that front, and I mean, if you look at the fact that I think in terms of ability and stuff that he's pulled off this season, I don't think that those keepers, um, the Edisons, the Allisons, who've kept like a very good uh, number of clean sheets, I don't think they were doing that or pulling off those kind of saves um, throughout the campaign. I mean, Allison's one-on-one games is, is tremendous because one, he comes at you very quickly and he does it at the edge of the box. He's never out there in no man's land just trying to salvage the situation or too deep that he's um, opened up the goal. When he's coming, he's coming and he makes himself very big. So on that, I give him a one-on-one game. Allison's got that solid. But in terms of just reflexes, yeah, reflexes, diving, I think De Gea has been a marvel this season. But has got nothing to show for it. Um, Unfortunately. Right back, um, I have to agree with you, Trent. Um, young player this season as well, so that makes it an easy pick. Um, Van Dyke has been the wall that he's been since he got injured, and then he's come back to be the same wall, same plaster, same bricks, um, same speed, same guile. Still the Rolls-Royce figure. Um, but to partner him, I don't choose Matip, and I know it's going to be a bit controversial um, because... He's not been as big a figure, but when I look at his general gameplay, his composure, and what he's added to his game in terms of coming back into the team, be, being in the reckoning again, like over John Stones, um, Laporte for me. Laporte has, 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 has earned his stripes for me in this, in this particular campaign. Um, he's come up with crucial goals as well when they were struggling against um, teams that are hard to crack. He's been generally very, very solid. And I think he's one of the best guys when you're looking for someone to track back and run and chase. Um, Diaz is very solid, but when you're looking for him to chase back, uh, he's better with you. Diaz is better with the player in front of him. Um, when he has to turn behind, it's not one of the best. So I want to pick uh, Laporte for that spot, and I think um, I want to go with Robertson um, for the other side of the other defence. Um, because of, as you said, of the modern day um, uh, wing backs, we don't have the days of Kavahal and Alaba who bomb down the wing but can still get a good slide tackle in and just cut you out and make sure you're out of the game. These guys are just properly on the offensive now. So. I think someone who can still defend a bit is Robertson. Um, and for his exploits going forward and then coming back to do that job as well, I think Robertson, for me, is a fair pick. Um, let's go into the heart of the midfield. Who do you have? Yes, um, I've got Declan Rice at the base of my midfield three mm-hmm. and to support him right there. And it's, it's, it's not clear-cut, um, I must say. Um, Rodri has been impressive this season. He, he so actually, gets in He's that, actually in that, stood up and position. shone, yeah. And he's, he's just what Pep Guardiola wants from mm, that position. Mm. He's strong also defensively. It's an underrated side of his game because um, you don't see him defending much. But he does that very well. Um, I saw him actually muscle up and front up against like um, Thomas Parton, the rest of the Arsenal. Um, uh, he, he, was, he was bullying him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like stepping yeah. in front of guys and guys are falling over, you know. And in terms of like his passing ability, mm. he's spoken about the fact that um, Pep has asked him to hit those diagonals a little more to trust 
his passing range and mm. his passing game. And he's, he's, he's done that, you know. I think you're swaying me just a little bit, eh? But, but I think I'm going to go with Rice. I'm um, still with my as pick, As I said, though. like, when Rice was on the old traffic pitch, thinking to myself that I don't know who's, who's in charge of um, releasing the funds at Manchester United, but whoever it is, <laughs> someone needs to talk to him, go to the West Ham changing room right now yeah. and go sign that player. Even when he was playing against Manchester City um, and against Liverpool at Anfield, like... In a, in a, on a field where there are other world-class players, other world-class um, midfielders, he does not look out of place. Mm. And as, as, as we've said, I mean, he was, he, was, he was a guy who Chelsea were looking to sign him as a centre-back, bring him back to Chelsea, make him, not convert him, because he started as a centre-back. Oh, centre-back. Okay. Centre-back. Yeah. But, and then he was, he's a defensive mid. But then you've seen him be given more opportunity to go forward by David Moyes. Um, mm. Thomas Suchek this season has stayed back a little more. And I think that's the right call because the Rice has the greater upside and that's who you want to invest in. And his ability carrying the ball as well. And if he then adds goals, like he's the complete midfielder. I mean, if you, if you think about the fact that um, he's run from, I think, his own half of the centre line in the, in the Europa League, if not the conference. No, Europa League. Awesome as well. I mean, that's probably West Ham's goal of the season from a guy who's supposed to be playing deep. So, I mean, he's turned down... His ability, his, this, the, the ceiling is still quite high. He's turned down, uh, uh, the thing, a new contract offer from West Ham. So, I think the big boys have a chance to get him. Someone is coming in for him. I don't know about 150 million, but someone is much. definitely coming in for him. And then I've got Kevin De Bruyne. Can I just interrupt this and say, guys, if Haaland signed for 75 odd pounds, everyone else, just bring your money down. Please. If, 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 if the release clause was not there, we might have seen... Mbappe money's no, but Jay, football is coming more into like proper sense with these figures. I think you know you say that actually um, varying off a little bit. Yeah. When you consider the transfer, the transfers that happened over the summer, I think mm. I believe eighty-eight percent of them were free transfers. So clubs are looking at that and looking to circum- circumvent having to pay these high figures. So they are letting players run, run down, down their contracts because we can't afford that. Yeah, it's a it's a ridiculous amount. Coming back to the team though, yeah, um, Kevin De Bruyne that mm-hmm. speaks for itself. And I think um, Bernardo Silva has done just enough for mm. me um, to, 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 to go in there. And can I just say, I mean, even the fact that I'm talking about but Bernardo Silva, when, he, when we took note of him in the Manchester City side, it was because he was keeping Mares out of the team on the right-hand side of, of, of um, the attack. The attack, yeah. And he's a midfielder as well. He's, he's able to dictate play from the middle. He's chasing back. He's energetic in the middle of the park. I'm just like, man, these are the players that Pep Guardiola, Pep Guardiola, rightfully so, is accused of getting everybody he wants to sign. But he has an eye for talent. And yeah, those sure. guys are, 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 are multi-talented, you know? <laughs> like, the fact that he can then sit in that midfield and keep a Gundogan out of the team mm. and contribute what he's contributing. That's my midfield three. Look, I think if, if Modric was younger, Pep would have snapped him up quite quickly. But I think in terms of overall gameplay in terms of being able to be a beast going forward and just being an energizer bunny in terms of tracking back putting in tackles but also is probably the best thing you can get after Modric he's amazing that's why he's in my team as well um, I've also got Kevin De Bruyne um, but in terms of the central midfielder who is the anchor I mean you're swaying me with your Rodri, Rodri um, explanation and reasons why he could have been in the team because I mean look most cases the good the good uh, central midfielders rather deep anchors they play an anonymous role. They're not really there in the limelight. But Rodri has stepped up with goals, stepped up with passes, key passes in key areas. I think if Rodri was not fit, probably Liverpool, Liverpool come and take the, the, the thing in the league. He's come he through. There. Yeah, he's come yeah. through. We say, like, um, the depth of City is, is, is amazing and they can interchange people. Yes, they've still got Fernandinho, but his legs are not quite there anymore. Hmm. So if Rodri's not there, who does a Rodri role? 
nobody. 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 So, I mean, I think that almost swayed me, but sometimes when you're watching Fabinho and he makes it... Sometimes, I, I look, I know that there's a big height difference. One is bald, one has a haircut and stuff, but sometimes I look at Fabinho and I'm like, is that Thiago? I'm like, no, it wasn't. Because sometimes he just looks that good when he's, when he, when he's going on the offensive. But generally, um, on the uh, like defensive play as well, there was a play where, I think it was against Chelsea, where he went into one tackle, went to another tackle consecutively, won the ball and delivered a pass. And I'm like, that's what you want sometimes. That's, that's what you want in a player sometimes. That, that never-say-die attitude and then a piece of quality afterwards. So, I want to go with Fabinho because, I mean... I'll tell you why right? yeah. I didn't go with Fabinho. Um, also had a great season and is also marvellous in that position. This season, more than any others, I've seen guys run past him and when, they, when they've done it, pace is not his, like his, yeah. his forte. Mm. And when they've done that, right, he is a master in the dark arts. <laughs> and I get it, you know, and you want that from him. But I was like, I, I don't know, that rubbed me up the wrong way. It's like, nah, man, like that, that, that disqualifies <laughs> you, you from... because for be me, doing better. The reason that guy has gotten a jump on you is because your positioning was not quite what it, it was supposed to be, you know? Mm. And I mean, I'm nitpicking, um, yeah. and we will be nitpicking to get, like, the best 11. It's not to say, oh, no, he was terrible. Yeah. But that's the only thing. Like, mm. he's a master of the dark arts. But on our bench, you've got Rodri. Do we agree on that? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. yes definitely. And then offensively, it might be easy, or it might be controversial. Who do you have? I've got Salah. I've I got agree. Son. I agree. So it's the guy coming through the middle. That say is, it. That is, that, that is Three letters, issue. right? Terry Kane. What? It's Ronaldo. There we go. <laughs> no, it's Harry Kane. Sorry. I know. It is Harry Kane. It is Harry Kane. Harry Kane, finish, Harry Kane finishes with 17 goals, which is okay, not the golden boot. Six, six goals off the golden boot. Mm. That's because at the start of the season, he was sulking. We know he wanted his move to Manchester City. Should, that, should that not move. be a fact check? He's the player of the season. He was sulking. His reason for not performing is that he was sulking. Yes, he was sulking, Chuck. But when he got over his sulk and he decided to play. Harry Kane is the best false nine in the world. When, when, shout out to um, false nine striker striker whenever it's just... and shout out also to the guy behind the camera because we <laughs> love hearing that uh, Mourinho is the yeah. one who's most responsible for Harry Kane being uh, the player that he is right now. But Conte comes in and he doubles down and keeps him as the guy who is getting into those um, creative uh, pockets and releasing Son. Son has as many goals as he has. I don't think Son has as many goals playing for someone else and I don't want to take away from Son because far too much of that has happened over his career mm. he has been absolutely brilliant this season sharing the Golden Boot um, award with, with Mo Salah which is why he's in my front three but it's not just the goals with Harry Kane it's, it's, it's how everything goes through him for, 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 for Son to be able to do what he does for them to have the balance that they have in that front three with, with Cristiano Ronaldo um, one of the more interesting stats for me is the fact that um, in the Premier League at least Manchester United have not won a single game when he's not played. Um, but he's scored the goals. But I've, I've not felt he's consistently... And I've, I'm not looking for Ronaldo to be Ballon d'Or level Ronaldo. Don't mm, get me wrong to be prime now. Ronaldo. I know what he is right now. But in terms of involvement with mm. build-up and with the rest of the team... And I've wondered as well, um, in the camp wondering, like, has he been a hindrance to some of how... The rest of the team Let's put wants, that to bed. wants to play. That is a lie. He's not I, been a hindrance. I, I think I'm on your side that he hasn't been, but I've wondered that. You yeah. know? Um, I've not thought such things about Kane. I've instead thought, like, if Harry Kane decides, Spurs go as far as Kane goes. Um, so, so it's Harry Kane for me in that front three. I, I have to give it to CR7 because... Of course. Again, because. reminder, Chuck is a <laughs> Manchester United fan. At the back and at the front. <laughs> um, but look... If you look at the fact that what you want from a striker is gold, and Ronaldo has outscored Harry Kane. By what? I mean, like two goals. Yeah, playing for Man United. 
for who, who's supplying him besides Bruno's been off car this season? Our Elanga, our Sancho. Like he, he has to be like when when guys, you know the whole the whole um, meme that was there when when he was rumored to be at City. Kevin De Bruyne's gonna be like, screw it, he's somewhere up there. He's gonna pass the, yeah. He hasn't had to. He, he couldn't be there because. He's playing with the team that he's playing with. Um, so he had to be exactly in the precise moments all the time. Look, we can take away the fact that he hasn't been... Um, well, you can give to Kane that he's more involved in, in the gameplay. Um, his creative um, side is levels at this point ahead in terms of he's there for the build-up, not just for the final part of the final shot, but he's there for the build-up as well. From the centre line, it's Harry Kane. I mean, probably I'd come to be say 60% of, of, of goals that were scored by Tottenham when Kane was playing. He's been involved Jack, in build-up, right? His assist for Son at the Etihad when he picks it up on his own half. And he also knows Pinpoint. that Son is somewhere up there. But to in, in, in swiftly to turn and to and to give that pass. It's I'm, more of a, a oh, more man. precise Bruno. Because Bruno's like, I know you're making a run, so I'll find you. But Kane puts it to feet, right? Yeah. But you have to say that if you're a striker and I've got a team with already Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva providing and Trent, I need someone to hit the back of the net. And of all the strikers... For balance, you for, make a good point. <laughs> of all the strikers, he's got, he's got the most, striker, most goals of all the strikers in the league uh, so far. Because other than that, you're adding a son who's a white man, Salah who's a white man. But of the traditional strikers, Ronaldo is the one to hit the back you of the net. You make a point for balance. So for me... But there's no, no separating Son no, no. and Kane. But in terms of... Like in, terms in of, that team, Son doesn't score as many goals if he's, playing, if he's playing with Ronaldo as, a, as so a... So there's a dependency... <laughs> Oh yeah, that should be an issue which, though. Which for me, no, no, this is a shining light. It's a good thing I guess it is together. Yeah, Kane, it's a shining light. I don't want to say Kane doesn't need Son, um, but I think I've I've said this. Like if you put Kane at, at, at Bayern Munich, he's the one having the shouts about should he be the one who's winning the, the Ballon d'Or? You know, mm. I I really rate Kane like yeah, that highly. Yeah. And as I'm saying, yes, he had a slow start to the season of his own doing. Yeah, but. Ultimately, what he then like has Ronaldo's done got hat tricks, the season, Come on, he does, Chuck. That's not, again. It's yeah. not to say that Ronaldo. Has and when they were face to face, face face to face, mano y mano, like, no, come on, no, this man. Is not boxing, Chuck. <laughs> not necessarily okay, mano but, mano. Yes, but to settle my point, settle my point from what you want from a striker of of the traditional number nine positions. He's scored the most goals in the league, and with a team that's been way below par in terms of what what, what he has behind him. So for for that alone, for me, I give that to Ronaldo. Well, we'll we'll disagree on that one. Um, any 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 special mentions of guys who who've missed out? Uh, my special mention has to be, I don't know. I, I think it might not be at the level of team of the season, but it's, it's just recognizing the talent. Conor Gallagher was special for me this season. Um, when 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 where Crystal Palace team was pairing, he was at the heart of it. I mean, you've yeah. got a, a Wilfred Zaha, you've got an Eze, you've got um, Eduardo, who was the newly acquired striker. But everything good went through uh, Gallagher and. I watched, I watched when they were playing against Man United uh, in, the first, in the first league, not this latter game, and they were under the cosh. But I saw, saw him do so much defensive work that like, there's, two, there's two sides to your game and both are excellent. So I'm looking for Chelsea to bring that player back into the fold and make a mount for the, uh, for the title. So I think for me, honourable mention, Conor Gallagher. For me, Rich James, obviously. Um, he's been in the arguments like him or Trent. And injuries um, is, what, is what probably hasn't pushed him to the front of this conversation. Yeah. And then Cucurella on the oh, other side yeah, yeah, of yeah. Like fullback um, in, that, in that. So much potential fight. with that one as well. Man, he's, he's done wonderfully for, for, for Brighton, Brighton yeah. um, this season. And then um, top of that list in terms of guys who've just missed out, Jared Bowen. Mm. Like Jared Bowen this season You're right. has just been I think, phenomenal. I think I've been like the English, England selectors where it's like, guys, this guy is just too good. Put Absolutely him in, just put him in the phenomenal. damn team. I mean, 
without Bowen, like they don't really have an outlet because Michael Antonio tries, but when along with Rice, I'm looking at him it's like he has to be playing for a, 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 a top six, big six Champions League um, mm. chasing side, right? Um, because he's that good. Yeah, he really and this season he's he's been that good. Antonio started off, started off like a house and fire, and then he also then petered out to show us that he's not naturally a striker. But then mm. Bowen has. Has, has, has kept his form largely for the, for, for the majority of the season. And he's, for me, clearly... Uh, oh, not clearly. I was going to say player of the season. But him and Rice. Yeah. Um, him and Rice Always need to take a step up, you know. So it's that coach. Who's coaching your team? For me, it's Klopp. I think it's Pep. Pep okay, just it's, makes... It's just in the league. Are we considering just in the league? Let's go broad. Make it interesting. For me, it's Klopp, man. He, like... They have gotten to every final and got into the last day of, of the league um, with a chance as well. So this particular season, especially coming back from what happened last season with the injuries, yeah. you're wondering, they've mm. been injured, they're a year older. Most of those guys are wrong side of 30, but he's Sadio Mane, converted him now into a striker as well. Mm. Um, identified Diaz, brings him in and like a, starts off like a house on fire. Like he knows exactly yeah. who needs to be playing there. Thiago this season is the Thiago that we saw at Bayern Munich. Mm. And Joe Matip, as I'm saying, like he's taken that step up. Um, I have to go with Klopp coaching this team for me. Good points. Um, I stick with Pep because, I mean, he's finally found the answers um, that he's been struggling with last season. I think he's finally got um, Klopp's number in terms of the better team on the day because when they, when they have played, apart from the FA Cup and when they were blown away off the pitch, um, City have been the, the stronger team. Um, yes, the games have ended in a draw, but for me, the eye test is just that City have been the stronger team. He's figured out how to beat Chelsea now, so he's learned along the way. I mean, also his dominance in the league, um, winning arguably the harder of the competitions this season, and I feel that with the resources, he juggles the team better than anyone else um, in the world right now in terms of switching and changing positions, players and personnel. If Sterling's not doing a good job, Morris will come in. If not, uh, Foden will come in. If not, Grealish. He's, he's always chopping and changing. Though. Isn't that a luxury that he has? It, it might be a luxury, but I mean, you never get players who are burnt out because of overexertion. Um, it might be good they, they're off on form. Well. Yeah, so I think just based on that, I'm willing to give it to Klopp. Yes, you said Klopp. Let's, ah, let's... No, no, no. <laughs> Slip of the tongue. Give it to uh, Pep. Anyway, guys, um, if you are listening to the podcast, please do like and subscribe to our youtube channel if you are watching us do follow the podcast on spotify and iono and apple Podcasts. you can find us on social media at to a front pod both on twitter and on instagram you can find me at janice gomzulu you can find chuck at chuck to up from myself i am audi all right guys hit us up on those platforms let us know what your highlights are from manchester city the champions of the epl in the 21 and 22 season let us know who you'd have as winners of the best player of the league and the best young player in the league Give us your best 11 from this campaign that's just uh, come to a close. And also, let us know what your thoughts are if you think it is harder to win the EPL or you think it's harder to win the Champions League. This is Chuck, and I'm out.